Welcome to Chapter 31 of our podcast. Yeah, we have a busy one in store for you today. For starters, we take in a local prune harvest. Then we explore some words that the French and English steal from one another. And Julie has a very special announcement. It's another chapter of Jeff and Julie Move to France During a Global Pandemic. So you know what chapter it is uh, today? It's chapter 31. Do you know how many years I ran my company? No. Is it the same? 31. You're kidding me. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. 31 years. I started in 1999. <laughs> that's, not, that's not 31 years. Huh? That's not 31 oh, years. Oh, no. That's right. My company. Oh, right. No. I worked in the business for 31 years. Boy. And you did the books, huh? Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> in, in any case, it was a very emotional week for me this week because I announced to my clients that I was stepping away from the business and um, it, I've received so much support and so many well wishes and kind words. And it's, uh, you know, it, it's bittersweet because I put a lot of time and energy and years into, you know, building my career and now moving into the next chapter uh, is, is going to be uh, interesting for sure. Well, and and it has been quite emotional for you because, you know, maybe we should just, first of all, flesh out what you did because I'm not sure if everybody knows uh, what you did for a living, but... I owned a talent agency in Toronto called Fountainhead Talent, and we were one of the top agencies in, uh, in, in the country representing actors for film and television and voiceover work. And what I've done is I've transitioned the company to uh, one of my associates, Roberta Romano, who has worked with me for 17 years, yeah, and she's going to take over the business. So I'm I'm happy that that I'm not killing the baby; it's being adopted. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's a nice way to put it. And you know, uh, you you've been receiving just so many well wishes from uh, actually a, a number of people, not only within the roster, your your talent roster, but within the industry, which has yeah. been very nice. Yeah, because you know, in my in my years, I put a lot of time and effort working with industry par- partners, trying to improve the state of the business, trying to you know build uh, um, you know bridges and, and make sure that things are 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 good for the clients. And so I think that was acknowledged as well, and that that was quite. Um, Oh, valorizing is that a word? Yeah, that's one word. It's cathartic. It's been cathartic yeah, for you, yeah. and um, you know, I, I'm very proud of you. You've thank you. You've you know, right out of the blocks, when you formed your own company, you know, which was a, a an incredible risk and and a, an incredibly scary time because it's so uncertain. Mm-hmm. But you know, just from all of your hires and choices, you've just done such an incredible job. Yeah, I've and, I've mostly made. Good decisions. <laughs> yeah, 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 for the most part. I mean, you and know. I don't make bad decisions twice. <laughs> Not the same one. <laughs> uh, that's exactly right. So, well, congratulations, Thank sweetie. You. Now you can uh, yeah, focus look- on your gardening and yeah, and-, uh, and my other passions, things that I, I I've not had the time to do because working from France was a challenge with the time difference. Uh, now I I can just take it a little bit more easy. Stress level will go down, and I'll be able to have more time to explore mm-hmm. Europe. And and it's interesting, all this was kind of coming down while we had guests. So not only were you able to uh, finalize the 
transition of your business, but you were able to look after our guests at the same time, which... uh, uh, (laughs) Multitasking. Yeah, no, no, good job. And our guests had a great time, actually, even though this was kind of in the background. Geez, we we really did a lot of stuff in in the four days. I think we did. We planned a pretty good agenda. You know, um, we started out with a dinner here because they had travel. What well, they had a huge travel. Oh, day. They, yeah. So it's my buddy Barry uh, <clears throat> and his partner uh, Pam. They they started the day out in Saskatoon. So <laughs> uh, this is one of the one of my prairie buddies from back in the day. And so they flew to Toronto, which and and you know what? And they're heading to a wedding this weekend in Holland. And if you can believe it, (laughs) including a pair of shoes for her uh, son, they took only carry-on luggage, if you can believe that. Well, you you have to, because Pearson is ranked the worst airport in the world world in terms of delays, in terms of lost baggage. And so they, they played it smart. Okay, let's let's pack lean and mean and <laughs> do laundry at Jeff and Julie's. Which is great. And yeah. that's that's another thing that, you know, we have uh, laundry capabilities in our guest house and, and it really uh, it really makes for an uneasy trip for the guest, especially in light of today's problems with with luggage, I mean, there's still thousands of bags just sitting around Pearson, my understanding anyway. And uh, so they were able to do that and get and get everything fitted on on the plane. And, and so they they went from uh, Saskatoon to Toronto, Toronto to Munich and then Munich to Toulouse. It was a long, long ass day. But they're in good shape, so you know they yeah. they were able to fight jet lag. Yes, they were able to <laughs> fight the jet lag. Although it, it's funny, the first, uh, the first evening, and and they did the right thing. They were their eyes were just you know because they were twenty four, thirty six hours uh, in a row without sleeping, without really. sleeping. But they fought it off till I, I think they made it till about eight o'clock on on their first night and then that was it but that was smart that's what you do mm-hmm. you you don't you know if you go for a nap oh boy now you're gonna you're it just gonna you up you're gonna wake up at four o'clock in the morning the next morning yeah so. you're just gonna be fighting it for the whole trip mm-hmm. so they were able to do that and then everything seemed to uh to work out after that 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 would be our recommendation by the way if you're if you're flying here and you've had a long day try and hang in there as long as you can before you yeah. Before you go for a nap, but yep. yeah, so we ended up doing a number of really cool things. We uh, we went to uh, a wine tasting on our way to uh, the chateau. We're going to get into the chateau a little bit later on in the podcast, but we found another really delightful uh, place to check out. In, yeah, in Cahors. In Cahors. Like we we kind of had to change our plans. We were heading to oh, yeah. uh, um, Chateau, Chateau du Cède and we're using GPS and the lady says, okay, turn right and the road is blocked or the bridge is blocked and it says on the bridge, careful, danger of tumbling. Yeah. Crumbling. We're not going on that bridge. Uh, no. 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 So we turned around and we, you know, went to plan B. This is the great thing about France and I guess most uh, wine areas in the world. There's another one right around the corner. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we, we went to this charming one called La, La Martine. Right. Um, and Cahors is, is a region that's really not very far from us. And they specialize in Malbec. Yeah. 
And I think there there are specific guidelines of how much Melbec has to be in the wine to be considered a wine from Cahors. I, it's either 60 or 80%, but something tells me... Let's just go right down the middle and say it's 70. Yeah, you you know what? I think actually... <laughs> no, but I think actually you're right. I think it is 70. And then... But they they can increase that amount. And yes. there, was, there was one there that was 90% Malbec and another one was 80. But yeah, I think it is around 70%. And, and not very well known that region for their whites... Um, there's a, there's a, a selection of rosé, but they're really not that well known for their whites because of the Malbec. Yeah, and and the uh, the rosés were sold out. Yeah, they were. Well, that's because it's so hot. Yeah. Like that, I think a lot of people in France, you know, during the winter months, might veer towards a, a red wine, but switch to the lighter rosé when you're sitting in um, the heat. And haven't we seen a ton of different colors of rosé here. And and again, it's just the rosé uh, there are there are kind of two uh uh methods, but the but the primary method of rosé is you leave the the grape skins in for a certain amount of time and then they're removed. And of course, that's where you get the colors from the the grape skin. Uh and and that's also where you get the tannins from. So they're left in, and it's up to each vintner to determine, you know, the color. And, of course, the more coloring you have in a rosé, the more tannic it will be, maybe a little more acidic. So sometimes you'll see a very light mm-hmm. coloring with the rosé. Yes. And it's a little more refreshing than the other ones. Yeah. And it's interesting because it can, it, it can either be dry or sweet. Right. And you have to spe- specify when you go to a restaurant both for rosés and for whites. Yes, yeah, you don't want, well, I don't want moelleux. No, you don't want anything sweet. No. But uh, I think the rosé is, is, again, the beverage of, of choice because it's lighter and it's fresh and it's cold. And we need that right now because we're in the middle of our third heat wave. Yeah, it's ending soon. But, yeah, it's just been lethal. I mean, and, and we've had no rain in two months. Not, we had a drop. You know, and, and literally, we had a five-minute shower in two months, and we're just we're just praying. We're, we just everything is yellow, straw-like. Farmers are having a really hard time. There are fires on both coasts, and you know we're right behind a forest here. So yeah, fingers are crossed. We are expecting some rain this weekend, and I just really hope we we get a dousing uh, so that these trees and 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 some of the other flora can suck it up. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's it's the third canicule. Like, that is incredible. Yeah, and, and so we've discovered, finally discovered our shutters, which, you know, is kind of crazy because the, they are on every house in France, and now we know why. <laughs> <laughs> One day, uh, our friend Anne-Marie came over and pulled pulled the shutters closed, and I went, oh, Oh, that we have shutters. Okay. <laughs> and it instantly blocked the sun because the minute it hits the window, it gets amplified and, and it just heats up the room. Yeah. So during this heat wave, even though we've got air, we've been closing our shutters um, to keep the, the rooms cool. They work amazingly. Oh, they, it, it's really incredible. And you know what? They look cool too. And you can dress them up like we're, we're going to be uh, finishing off our shutters with a, an anthracite uh, paint color. Mm-hmm. Is that how you pronounce that? Anthracite, which a is dark a gray kind dark of. gray charcoaly. Really mm-hmm. cool. It's one of the more popular uh, new colors for shutters here. Uh, most of them they paint 
the shutters in a lighter tone, and it's because the sun is so is so lethal, and there's less chance of a having fading. to do the yeah mm-hmm. fading and having to redo mm-hmm. them. Yeah. So yeah, we've been making good use of our shutters. Yeah, and you know, uh, it's funny we we really put on a, an accidental show for our our company uh, the other day. I, I I went out there. This is the, on day one, so we didn't want to bother them. They were sleeping. Yeah, it was a Sunday morning. Sunday I think. morning, and we go out, yeah. and right below the property, they're setting up a hot air balloon. I mean, it was just. <laughs> and so, uh, please check out our, our Facebook page, especially this week. We are going to have a ton of photos. We're going to be presenting our first video, which we'll talk about later in the podcast. But there are some beautiful shots of them blowing up the balloon and then the balloon just lifting off and flying right over the property. And making our dogs crazy. Oh, <laughs> he did not know what to what think. What the hell is that? Uh, there have been a few things making the dogs crazy this week. But uh, yeah, that was uh, certainly one of them. But again, it was just an absolutely perfect day just a light breeze and it just slowly drifted over the property really nice way to start your day mm-hmm. yeah so check that out because we will have oh yeah we'll have we'll have beautiful pictures of the hot air balloon floating over our house and then a couple more additions to the mother of all shit heaps you know we were talking about the cars that are on the road here and we we go way back to Poor little Julie's having uh, to give up my car because of the French guidelines and standards. And, yeah, oh yeah, those standards. I, I don't really see those guidelines and standards around here. It's funny, you know. We brought this. We in, in a past podcast, we brought this beautiful little 2005 Audi TT convertible here. Ended up having to give it up because it was just too much to put it on the road. But in comparison to some of the buckets of bolts that we see bouncing around the roads here. It was in pristine condition. And uh, when you check out the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Jeff and Julie moved to France, you're going to not only see beautiful Chateau pictures, uh, the video of the prune harvest, the hot air balloons, but you're going to see two cars that shouldn't be on any road. They should be in. Oh, you showed me one of them. What's the other? Oh, the other one is... is that, that one where you, you thought so, he, someone got killed? Yeah. The other yeah, one yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. the the whole fender is bent uh-huh. and the wind and the windshield is smashed. Yeah. It looks like they hit a person. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like it's unbelievable. And, and, and he's he or she is driving it. Yeah, they're driving it like the, the, it looked like the, the windshield was so it looked like a, a map. It was it was so <laughs> smashed up, and yet oh yeah, we had to give up this this beautiful little TT. Yeah, so I'm going to include those two pictures. And that's uh, that's going to be an ongoing thing. When I see cars that are just should not even be, they should be stricken from the road. I'm taking pictures of them, and then you can see in in the one picture, mother of all shit heaps, um, <laughs> it, the bumper is so mangled that it covers the license plate. That's illegal. <laughs> that's totally illegal. You can't cover the license plate. <laughs> anyway, it's check it out. We will uh, we will feature any and all bad-looking cars on our uh, on our Facebook page. So, um, I was thinking in, in listening to the French media here, right. how often they use English words. It's pretty amazing. So, you know, some of the words that that we hear all the time used that are English words are like weekend. Bon weekend. Oui, they use they use weekend. 
They use uh, they use stop. And, and here's something that I've always found interesting. If you go to Quebec, the stop signs say arrête. Mm-hmm. But in France, they mm-hmm. say stop. Stop. <laughs> uh, and, and they use it as a verb. Like, you know, in je, je l'ai stoppé. I stopped him. <laughs> I love when they, like, in, in, okay, in, in Quebec, they say les wiper for, <laughs> for the wipers of the car. Okay, that's, that's going a little far. Yeah, and, and you know, they, they use, uh, they don't say email, but they say mail. It's, and when they say mail, they mean email, not, right. not the mail you get in your, in that's your, right. That's post. Yeah, yeah. That's right, post. Envoie-moi un mail. Right. That's to send me a, an email. But that's different in Quebec again. It is. In, in Quebec, they use the word courriel. Right. And you say that here and they don't understand really what you're saying. Right. They, they go mail. Mail or mail. Um, and they're a smartphone. Oh, right. <laughs> Apportez vos smartphones. <laughs> uh, they, they use okay a lot. Okay. Just just as as they would use d'accord, I guess. Mm-hmm. D'accord. Yep. But yep. they use okay. Yep. And you would go to a parking. Uh, yeah. A parking. Yeah, they say. Uh, that. Sometimes they have stationnement, but a, a lot of times they have parking. Right. They also use for uh, at at the, the the kennel that we go to. Mm-hmm. They use the word box. Like, oh, and they also use box for uh, for a horse stall. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And and you know what I just remembered? I notice uh, both Jeremy and Joel. These are uh, g- guys who uh, do a lot of work in, in the area. They both say okay, uh, uh, they'll use two English words in a row. Okay, allez, let's go. They they do allez, <laughs> let's go a lot. Okay, okay, allez, let's go. That's great. I love that. <laughs> now we're not. You know what we we English we use a lot of French words. Yeah, it's not one way stealing. No, we. I mean, rendezvous. There you go. That's yeah. been used for years. Yes. And everybody knows what that means. Yes. Uh, the entrance to a house, f- foyer. Or or a building. Yeah, but the Americans they've ruined the foyer. The foyer. <laughs> like even here on in TV shows, foyer. Yeah, for sure. So. The the design shows. And chic. We use. You'll use that for. Um, you know, when when somebody says, "What's the dress code for the event?" and somebody will say, "Upscale chic" or something. Yes, that's right. right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, upscale casual or upscale chic, which means it's a little, little. bit more yeah. dressy. Now we we use the English use the word entree, but we use it in the wrong place. Yes, entree here is the beginning of the meal. As thus, a, as a, thus entree. Yeah, that's entree. Yeah, but for some reason it got hijacked in in North America as the main. Yes. As your main as your main meal. Yes. So you have your appetizer and then your entree. Right. Here is you have your entree and then your plat, yeah. your main. That's right. Yeah. Uh, oh, here's one. Now you, you're going to have to explain. So cul-de-sac, mm-hmm. that's a French uh, combination of words. Yes. So C-U-L is um, a, a word for uh, bum well, or bo- bottom. 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 But it can also be used for a-hole, right? Like when you say... Trou de cul. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what you'd call... Because it's a... Yeah. It's an yeah. actual... Like it's a, it's about your bottom. It's about your bottom. So, or the bottom. So this is the bottom of the sack. That's right. The bottom of the bag. That's right. Because so how, there's no exit. Oh, there's no exit. It's a cul-de-sac, right? Oh, uh, okay. All right. Um, cliche. The, cliche yeah. that's, an, that's common. We all know. But that's another French word that yeah. we've, we've adopted. Yes. And chauffeur. Chauffeur, omelette—that's very common. Yes, omelette. Yeah. But you know what? We'll feature these 
throughout because and and you can probably come up with your own and send them to us because uh, th- there are a million words that each language steals from the other. And uh, it, it's it's funny though when you hear like I'm trying to listen to the radio a little bit more, uh, to, just to try and improve my French. And all of a sudden, like a word will come up like weekend or or uh, mail or you know one of these smartphone smartphone smartphone. <laughs> uh, and uh, you go, oh well, I know that word. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we have uh, been enjoying the prune harvest around here. This is this is when it all happens. We unfortunately had a bad run of frost in April. Yeah, yeah. So, so what what happened this year and last year is it got r- very warm in March, and all of a sudden the trees started budding, and then in April there was a change in the wind and there was a frost. It's and, not a hard frost like no. in Canada, but still, it was like two days, mm-hmm. and it just blew out half of the blossoms. Yep. So you know the the quantity of of the, the harvest of the pruneau in the trees is very limited this year. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if you know this. It, it's called pruneau d'Agen, and right. it's it's world renowned. It, it's because it's from this particular region. It's a it's a uh, a specific region, and the reason it's called Agen is that the prunes that were grown here were shipped out of the Garonne, which is a river, in Agen. So produce in the day was stamped in the port that the produce left. Yeah, a lot of people think, oh, all these prunes are from Agen. No, they're not. That's where they're shipped from. Right. But it's it's a surrounding area, which were included. So just to give you an idea... It's a 30 to 40 minute drive from where we are to get to Agen. But this this region became very well known for this great um, prune that has so many health benefits. I mean, it was it was the health food of yesteryear, and and it's still very appreciated, especially if you're constipated. Yep, <laughs> it's nature's broom, as they say. <laughs> and uh, and and so it, the the bounty was not what it, what it should be. However. Uh, we were able to go and uh, and see our friends. They have a family operation, so it's uh, Danielle and uh, and Anne Marie, and their son Jeremy and uh, Danielle's sister Odile. And they it's 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 really interesting. It's a four person operation, and you can see exactly how everybody is just cooking the whole time from. Uh, the harvest itself, mm-hmm. uh, to the cleaning of the prunes, and then the separating and the quality control to the baking, and then even more quality control at the end of the process. It's a it's a long process. It, it you know it, it's a labor of love, and and you know these these people have been you know farming prunes for decades, and you know come from farming backgrounds, so it's it's really in their blood. I was so super impressed with how they actually shake the prune tree mm-hmm. to have have them fall, and then you know once they've got their the, the quantity that, that they need to ship, then they start um, pouring them into pushing them into water to try to get some of the leaves off the prunes. Yeah, so there's a big vat of water and then at the bottom there's a uh, there's a pulley that pulls the prunes so the prunes sink to the bottom but the leaves get separated because they float to the top. Right. And then they're pulled up a conveyor belt and uh, that's when the the gathering and and separating of the say the cracked ones or the unsuitable prunes they get chucked and then 
they, they're put on these racks and basically right into the oven from there. Yeah. Well, we 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 were there. They did a whole rack mm-hmm. of 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 prunes they, that they collected very quickly. And you helped. Yeah, I helped. I I, I it, it's pretty easy to figure out which ones are no good, and so you you throw those into buckets. And actually, it's interesting because even the unsuitable prunes do get used for things like jams and prune wine or, or and what. No, it's, it's not called prune. it's called eau de vie. It's it's a high alcohol. Uh, oh, like a liqueur. like a liqueur. It's a liqueur. That's that, what it is. A, one of the local artisans. Right. Um, they will ship the damaged fruit to to mm-hmm. him, and he will make this uh, eau de vie. Right. So nothing gets wasted, um, and uh, it, it's a very efficient process. The prunes go into the big ovens, and they set the temperature to about 80 degrees centigrade, and those prunes are baking for 24 hours, mm-hmm. and if it's a bountiful harvest, that oven is going nonstop for one month. That's incredible. That's a lot of prunes. So here's the thing. Uh, we made our first video for the Facebook page. And we kind of take you through the whole process, including what Julie was describing as the tree shaking. We take you through the entire process of the prune harvest. And it's pretty interesting. And you get to see our friends who are just living down the road in the valley from us. And you can check that out at facebook.com slash Jeff and Julie move to France. Um, the other thing that we have to show you on this week's uh, edition of the podcast Remember last week we were talking about, uh, is it Bonneguet? How do you say it? Uh, Bonneguet. Bonneguet. I know that. I, I'm not doing it justice, and I know you're laughing. Yeah, we were talking it. about going to places and not actually going in. That's well, right. Which, well, and, and we sent and we showed some pictures of this amazing chateau last week. Mm-hmm. And this year, uh, this year, <laughs> this week, we went in and visited the ruins. It was incredible. We got a, a, a guy who was... Uh, our tour guide, and uh, on the website it said only in French, but he did a great job in English, so that was nice. That was great. And so much information. Like one fun fact is that they had this huge room um, for pigeons. Right. And only only wealthy people could... could, um, Access the pigeons? Yeah, access the, the pigeons. And so there were two benefits... For oh, one was food. That's right, and the other one was poop. Poop. <laughs> it's very rich and great for gardening, and so they would collect that. and And that was just one of the rooms. They had a bakery. They had oh yeah uh, a, a well. They had a, they had a complete septic system. I mean, it's a little. It was a little rough around the edges. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean. yeah, yeah. You sit on the latrine in it. Yeah, it, it goes. Out. It, 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 it flows. It flows <laughs> out through the wall and then out of the chateau or out of the castle. You don't want to be living behind. No, the chateau. no, those no. are uh, bad real estate moves. Yes. Location, location, location. <laughs> uh, so that was kind of cool. We we checked that out, and um, uh, Barry and Pam got a, a real uh, eyeful of of history because that you know that chateau started start was built or started being built. What is it in the twelfth yeah. century? And it's interesting. All of the just just like every house here, 
uh, a little bit of Frankensteining going on. Oh, this edition was made in the 15th century when the whoever it was owned it, wanted this building, and then uh, some lady bought it in the... Marguerite de Fumel. Oh, yeah, right. She bought it in the, I think it was the 17 or 1800s. 17, and, I think. And, not, and of course, typical, knocked down a wall because it was wrecking the view. <laughs> <laughs> Is she the one that got married late in life to to a guy who was even older yes she married a, a, she was in her 30s which was back in that day you're usually dead at 30 oh come on well no at, at, at mortality rate right which anyway so she married someone who was 61 and uh he died two days later after after the the marriage wow and so must have been a heck of a honeymoon <laughs> <laughs> the tour guy said she got her dowry back, and she she you know, she inherited his money, and so she was very well to do. So she created a large garden, like the the, the garden in Versailles. Is that and... where she buried the evidence? <laughs> <laughs> because that sounds a little fishy to me. Yes, uh, but uh, you know it 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 was uh, very interesting to to kind of walk around, and it, it, the town, the village, uh, is, is Fumel. So it's named after Marguerite de Fumel. Okay. And uh, and since then, Fumel has actually purchased the chateau. Right. That's right. So they they sort of derive a lot of the income from there, I guess. Uh, there there are a number of sort of kitschy little shops. Uh, there's there's actually one shop that's great for kids because you can go in there and buy you know little night costumes and that that sort of thing and, and we saw one kid with a with a saber and and you know yeah. little cape he was so cute <laughs> yeah and they also have uh some restaurants there and and we just thought well okay we're going to go to this wine tasting and then uh, in Cahor and then we'll just continue along so we we ended up booking um booking reservations at at one of the the two restaurants that they have there yeah. they also have a, a really cool ice cream shop halfway up but um, and uh, yeah, it was good. It was it was kind of a, a one stop thing. That place was jammed though with yes. tourists. Yes. Although when we were there the first time, we felt it was much busier than when we got there this week. Maybe it was the heat. I think that is keeping a lot of people at home. Yeah. I really do. It was a very hot day. Like we were all ducking for the <laughs> the shade for the shade during the tour and wearing hats and yeah. yeah. Um, it was really cool at that restaurant. Not not only was it tasty, but their their placemats yes. have um, French phrases ah. and, and proverbs. And so so we will our know. French phrase of the day is coming from. The placemat. The placemat. (laughs) Okay. Well, you you do your research where you can. Yep. Um, Okay, Jeff, are you ready? I am ready for the French phrase of the day. Uh, Let's go, LA. (laughs) LA, let's go. Okay, let's go. Uh, Allez. Uh, La gourmandise commence quand on n'a plus faim. La gourmandise commence quand on n'a plus faim. Ah. Oh, uh, the food commences when you're really hungry? No. You're close. Mm. Gourmandise. You know les marchés gourmands? Yeah. What does so, that mean? Uh, well, food, isn't it? Like, a, it, like it's the enjoyment of food. Oh, okay. But it's kind of, it has a connotation of do, uh, enjoying food in excess. So, because you're, so la gourmandise is gluttony. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
I didn't think. I thought it was a nice word. Well. <laughs> I thought gourmand was a nice word. Well, it, 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 it Gluttony's is. Gluttony's not a nice word. No, but but you know what I'm saying. It's like gourmand is someone who really enjoys quantity oh. and, and quality. And it means somebody's just stuffing their face to me. But could be, but anyway. So, cramming the pie hole. Let's just continue. So, la gourmandise. The pie hole stuffers. Commence. Yeah. Start. Quand on a plus faim. When they are hungry. No, mm. not when no. we are hungry. No. No. Starts when you no, you are no longer hungry. Oh, you're no longer hungry. Wait. Oh, that's on even a, grosser. On a plus faim. <laughs> oh, jeez. Is there going to be a, a vomitorium at the end of this as well? Well, it, because that's what they used to do. They used to eat and then throw up and then eat again, the pigs. Yeah, and this is on the menu, so... <laughs> so, just one more time in English. Okay, gluttony begins when you are no longer hungry. Oh, that's just vile. And that was from a French man called Alphonse Daudet. Well, I got to tell you, in French it sounded beautiful. <laughs> in English, not so much. Anyway, that is the very short... Yeah, 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 yeah. I got it short. I because I, I, mean, I, I got my marching orders. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, I, I, uh, Scott, I was so close. But yet, see, this is the thing. I kind of knew what the words were, but I was so close, but yet so far away. You were, because you were I the had the opposite. opposite. Yeah, and that's so <laughs> common here, where you think, oh, I've got that. No, it's the actual opposite of ex- what you just. So you have to be very careful when you're starting to learn a new language. Yeah. Well, there you go. A very interesting French phrase of the day. (laughs) Uh, Next week's show might be a little late in delivery as uh, we will be shuttling next week's guests back to the train station at about the time that we record. So it might just be a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's it's been busy at the Lumbee household. Yes. We've had, well, we've had many, many guests and we have uh, three joining us next week. Uh, my buddy uh, Adam and Mila and their little little fella. Uh, can I tell you that I'm a little apprehensive? He's seven, and I'm not around kids very much. We didn't have yes, kids. Yes, you are. You're married to one. Well, a man-child. That's a bit different. Oh, okay. Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't really, like, I'm, I'm sure he's perfectly fine. He's seven, but I, I, I'm not accustomed to that, so I hope that I'm able to feed him the right food and well, you look, know, look on have the, him do the you know, things that interest him. Well, look on the bright side. If you have any IT issues, I'm sure he can fix all your computers right. and, and, and fi- yep. set up your iPhone properly. and Smartphone. Yeah, smartphone. Wait. Right. I do know that he's playing the drums, so he can take... Uh, I wow. want to see him on my kit here. I'd love to see him playing some drums. Wow, that's cool. That's very cool. So one way or the other, we will have Chapter 32 waiting for you next Friday as we continue with Jeff and Julie move to France during a global pandemic. À la semaine prochaine.